מסכת בבא קמא דף ח' באמינא רב שמואל בר אבא מאקרוניה מרבי אבא כשהן שמין בשלו הן שמין או בשל עולם הן שמין רב שמואל בר אבא from אקרוניה asks רבי אבא when we assess the value of a land, uh, this is for metav sadehu, if someone has uh, did damage to someone else, the damager has to pay mi metav sadehu. Well, so there's three levels, right? Edit, benonit, ziburit, the lowest. So when we make that evaluation, do we make the evaluation based on other land that he has, the mazik? In other words, is it subjective to the different types of land that he has? Or is it based on the world at large? In other words, you look at the general market as an objective evaluation. So for example, let's say in the, in the whole world, there's a standard, you know, what would someone would call the lowest level, the medium level, and edit. This particular guy who is a mazik, he has super good land. That's even better than the usual, right? It's like extra edit. So when he comes and he has to pay, uh, then does he have to pay from his own um, best best land, which is actually much better than the standard? That would be the subjective, bishelo. Or does he say, listen, this is like super good, but I have to pay only the edit of the general world, the objective universal standard, um, which would be lower for him. That's, that's the question. And uh, so now we um, analyze the, uh, the to, for the answer is it was dependent. So first of all, this question does not apply to Rabbi Ishmael because Rabbi Ishmael says that we assess it based on the nizak, and so surely that's the subjective evaluation of all the land of the nizak. If the nizak only has medium quality land, well, that's his best land. Then the mazik only has to pay that level. Uh, so that, therefore, this would certainly be of the nizak and the uh, subjective of the nizak. Rather, we're just clarifying the question. When we're asking the question, it has to. It can only apply to the bi akiva who says well, it's the it's the it's the it's the land of the mazik. And so here's the question. Now, see, it also depends on what the reason for this is. If the reason is that you know really we should pay for, uh, we want to make sure that there's something that's fungible, easily sellable. So then you could follow the universal standard because as long as it's in in the universal market, this is considered the best land. So then you'll be able, easily be able to find buyers. So that's enough that it be in the universal one. It doesn't have to be this guy's particular one. On the other hand, a different reason might be that we really want to encourage people to pay money. That's the best thing. Cash is king. People want, you damaged me, just give me cash. And so this is kind of a penalty. Listen, if you're not paying cash, you're going to have to pay from your best land. In that case, it would be a greater penalty if it's his own best land and follow a subjective. So uh, there could be, uh, the answer to, uh, to this could be dependent on the conceptualization of the reason why um, he has to pay from his best land. All right, now that we know the, the, understand the question and the parameters of the question, we say, Well, the question not only depends on conceptual, but also on how you read the Pasuk. So when it says, when the Torah says, Metav Sedehu, that could mean that from his land, as opposed to the assessment of the different lands of the Nizak, maybe it just wants to tell you, Metav Sedehu, of the Mazik, to tell you not of the Nizak, 
but it doesn't actually mean of the mazik, it, it's actually a universal evaluation. Um, or maybe when the Torah says metav sadehu, it means specifically not that of the nizak and not that of the uh, of the universal market, but rather specifically of him. Um, so that would be the two sides. And, and now that we understand all the sides of the question and the pasuk, uh, the two ways to read the pasuk, that will be about answers. Amar le rachamana amar metav sadehu v'atamat b'shel olam hen shamin. So Rabbah says it's simple. The Torah says his best land, and you're telling me that you're going to follow a universal market value. That's what I would have said. You know, the the best land. That's just it. Just, that wouldn't have to say his best land. So obviously, it is in fact the subjective. Uh, subjectively best land that this guy has and he if he if he has super best land then he has to pay from that super edit um, okay that is the Biaba's answer now we're going to challenge this it's a long beraita and then we're going to get to the question if a person has, has only good best land then everyone who collects from that person collects from the best land because that's all he has even uh, a creditor um, who's paying? Who's uh, uh, collecting a loan? Who usually gets benonit? Will get idit. Even a woman who get, who's collecting at kituba, who usually gets ziburit, in this case, will get idit because that's all he has. And if a person has only benonit, then all everybody will collect from benonit. That's all he has. And if he has only ziburit, then obviously everybody will collect only ziburit. Even the nizak. Well, that's all he can like. Right? Sorry. Oh, wait. I deserve uh, edit. Well, sorry. I don't have an edit. So certainly, if there's nothing else, then the person is going to collect whatever is there. Now, if a person has all three levels, then uh, everybody can collect at, at, at the appropriate level. As someone who was uh, collecting for damage can get from the best land, and someone who's collecting a loan can get medium land, and a woman who's, who's getting her ketubah paid will collect from the ziburit. So that's an easy case. Here's the hard case. Edit benonit. Let's say a guy has only edit, a top and medium. He doesn't have any ziburit. So then what happens? Well, nizakin beedit, nizakin, that people that would, were damaged can collect from the best land as is appropriate. The one who's lent money gets medium land as is appropriate. And the ketubah for a woman, well, he doesn't have any any ziburit, so she gets the what she gets the lowest that's available, which is benonit. Now, if the if the guy has only benonit ziburit, he doesn't have any edit. So then nizakinu benonit. So as a victim of damage, well, he gets the best available, which is benonit. Balchov also gets benonit, which is the standard. And ketubat isha ziburit, she gets the lowest because that's what is coming to her. And finally, if a person has idit viziburit, he has very good land and low-level land, but no medium-quality land, well then, nizakin beidit. That's what you'd expect. And the, the, uh, the one who is damaged collects from the best land. Balchov, the Balchov really could go either way, um, but the, this Baraita teaches that Balchov actually goes a, um, a step lower and gets only Ziburit, and Kitubat Isha also gets Ziburit. Okay, that is the Braita. Now, what's the challenge to Rabbi Abba uh, from this? Katanimi ha from the middle section, it says Benonit veZiburit, Nizakin Balchobe Benonit, Uchvat Isha beZiburit. If a person has medium and low quality, then Nizakin and Balchob both get Benonit, and Kitubat is Ziburit. 
So but if you say that we follow the subjective valuation of himself, then in this case where he doesn't have any edit, so for him subjectively, his benonit his Benonit is, in fact, his Edith, right? The Benonit, which on a universal standard, this land would be called Benonit, but for him, that's the best he has. So that should be called Edith, and therefore the Nizakin will be able to collect from that, and then that means that the Balchov should go one step lower, because for, for this guy, subjectively, his Benonit is already classified as Edith, so the Balchov shouldn't be able to get that. The Balchov has to go the next level down, which will be Ziburit. And then the Ketubah, well, there is nothing lower than that, so the Ketubah woman will also get the Ziburit. So this is, seems to be a proof that uh, we follow the uh, the objective universal standard, and uh, this goes against Rabbi Abba, who says mitav sadehu is based on the subjective standard. That's the question, and our answer is hachav ma'iskenan kigon shehaitalo idit umechara. We but could be talking about a case where he did have idit; he had superior land at the time of the loan. So therefore, the lender at the very moment of the beginning of the loan already has a lien on the middle uh, property because and at that point he had top uh, medium and lower and so therefore even subjectively the benonit is also his benonit so he already has a lien on that land later on the uh, borrower sold the edit land so it doesn't have that's not in the picture anymore and then he has to pay someone for damages so at that point as as we assess we see that, well, the best land that you have, right, is, we do follow subjective, uh, is, the, is the Benonit. Okay, fine, you'll pay with the Benonit. Now, uh, but the Balchov, he doesn't go a step lower because at the time that he got his lien on the land, the uh, lender had the best quality. So he already has a lien on the middle quality. So therefore, the, both the Nizakin and the Balchov can both collect from the Benonit here. But you're right. If it was a case where um, he did not originally have Edith, then you're right. Then the, we would follow a subjective and the niz, Nizak would get the Edith and the Balchov would get the Ziburit. Okay, so that's the answer. Confirmed this uh, response that this Baraita is talking about where he once had Edith, but then he sold it. And in fact, this reading is not, we're not just pushing ourselves back into it to uh, answer a question on behalf of Rabbi Abba, but actually makes sense that this is the best reading of this Baraita. Because we have another Baraita that says differently. Another Braita says, the same case, if you have, someone has medium quality and lowest quality, then the Nizak gets the Benonit, because that's his best, and then Balchov and Kitubat Isha go a lower level. And now this Braita actually seems to prove the subjective evaluation, right? This is what we were, we were uh, uh, expecting. Now we have a problem because we have a Braita that says this, and the, pre, the first is the second Braita. The first Braita said that no, the Balchov gets Benonit also. And so we have a contradiction between Baraitot. How could, how could we solve this? And it's easy to solve once we have this answer that Rav Chista and, um, and, uh, and, the, uh, and previously what we answered. 
אלא לאו שמאמינה כאן שהייתה לו עדית ומחרה, כאן שלא הייתה לו עדית ומחרה, in fact the brightot are not contradictory, the first one is talking about a case where he had עדית and then he sold it, so for him the, uh, the, that's why the uh, Baal Chov gets the Benonit because at that time the Benonit Objective Benonit was also the subjective Benonit because he had Edith at the time and then he sold it and so now uh, so he continues to have a right to it whereas the second Braita is where he did not have Edith, he never had Edith and therefore the Baal, the, therefore the Baal Chov comes along and all he deserves is medium quality so medium quality is dependent on all the things that he has he has been he has objective Benonit but that is his Edith so that his, his, his that one his Benonit will go to the uh, to the Nizak, and the Baal Chov will only get the Ziburit. And so you see that it makes a lot of sense. Now this is one way to respond to the two Baraitot, but there are also other ways that we can reconcile these two Baraitot. Maybe in fact both are not talking about that he never had Edith and sold it, because the Baraitot don't say, don't say anything about it. There's no contradiction. The first Baraita is talking about a case where his subjective medium quality land is equivalent to Edith on the regular marketplace. So when the Baal Chov comes to collect his loan, he says, so the payer says, listen, all you deserve is Benonit quality of the general marketplace. You know what that is? Not my Benonit. My Benonit is like Edith. It's enough for you to take my Ziburit. That'll be enough as the universal Benonit. That was the second Braita. Whereas the first Braita is where he, his, his Benonit is not like Edith of the world. His Benonit is like regular, is like everybody else's Benonit also. In that case, both the Baal Chov takes the best tea that is available, which is the Benonit, the Nizak takes the best that's available, which is the Benonit, and the Baal Chov also takes the Benonit, because that's equivalent, and that's yet another way to resolve the two Braitot. Yet another way, or both of them could be a case where his subjective Benonit is equivalent to the universal Benonit uh, level. And this is the, the following is the Machloket. It's actually about the very question that we started with. The second Beraita says that for when you're paying a Nizak, you use the subjective evaluation, metav sadehu, which is what Rabbi Abba said, and uh, that was Rabbi Abba's opinion, and so Rabbi Abba can find support in this Baraita. That's why the uh, Baal Chov gets the Benonit, and because it's subjective, because his Benonit, uh, the be, his Benonit is actually his Edith, right? All he has is, is universal Benonit, his land, his best land, which is Edith to him, is Benonit to everybody else. Once that is classified as his Edith, so then the Baal Chov has to get a level lower. That explains the second Baraita, and that would be in accordance with Rabbi Abba, that says it's a universal standard, whereas the first Baraita is actually incompatible with Rabbi Abba. That's the one we asked him about him in the first place. He found a way to answer it, but 
um, we could say that the two um, uh, the two baraitot uh, are actually conflicting. See here, it doesn't say la kashya. According to this, it's actually kashya. These two baraitot are on different sides of the um, uh, diff- uh, of the issue. And the first one says we follow universal standard because we follow universal standard. So the um, uh, nizak that there's only Benonit. So the Nizak will get the best available. So that's uh, the Benonit. And the Balchov also gets Benonit because we're still following a universal standard. Um, and therefore his Benonit, just because that's the best he has, doesn't make his Benonit edit, right? Um, it's just only because there's nothing else that the Nizak can take. So the Nizak and the Balchov both, both take the, the Benonit. Okay, so that's a uh, third explanation. And now we have yet another one. Ravina Amar Bide'ula Pelige. These two Braithot, actually not arguing on that, uh, what we talked about above, but they're arguing about the statement of Ula, the Amar Ula. So these two Braithot are actually arguing about uh, a statement of Ula, even though the Braithot are obviously Tanerik and earlier than Ula, who's an early Amora. And nevertheless, he says that the Stubaraitot are surrounding this question of whether um, they follow Ula's uh, statement or not. Ula said, according to a Deoraita, the letter of the law, a creditor can only collect from the lowest land. How do you know? Because it says when a creditor comes to take a guarantee uh, of his loan, he can't he can't barge inside the uh, the lender's uh, house, the borrower's house, and take whatever he wants. But rather, uh, the lender has to stay outside, and the borrower can uh, um, go and uh, and bring him. Uh, a collateral outside. Now, what is the person generally going to bring outside? He's going to bring the cheapest item that he has. He's not going to bring, take out his most expensive vase. He's going to take some cheap um, um, item and take it out. In other words, that's uh, that would be the equivalent of ziburit. So therefore, we learn from here that on Doraita level, he can pay back from the lowest quality stuff. And if it was land, that would be ziburit. Oh, what's the reason that the rabbis came and instituted a takana? that he has to pay from Benonit, so that the doors will not be shut in the face of borrowers. Because if lenders know, oh, you know what's going to happen? If he doesn't have the money and he has to pay me back with uh, with the land, I'm going to get the lowest quality. You know what? I don't want the lowest quality land. I'm not going to lend you in the first place. And then the borrowers won't have capital that uh, they can borrow. And that will not be good for not the borrowers, not the lenders, not for the whole economy. So the rabbis made a takana. Now, that's that's the statement of Ula. Has it applied to this? Mor itle takanta de ula, umor let le takanta de ula. The first braita that uh, follows the takana of ula. Therefore, no matter what, the balchov has to uh, has a right to the benonit land. Um, and uh, just because he doesn't have any edit land, doesn't matter. The, and so the balchov get so that uh, Nizak gets gets the benonit. Okay, fine. Nizak gets the benonit. Good luck to him. But the balchov shouldn't get any less. Because there's a takanat chachamim in order to make sure that loans will always be available, every balchov has a right to take the benonit. That would explain the first b'raita. Whereas the second b'raita does not follow this takanav ula, and rather is following the letter of the law midoraita, which is that a balchov can take ziburit. 
And therefore, in this case, where he has no Edith, he has only Benonit, and Benonit will go to the Nizak, because that's the best he has. And then the Balchov, it's sufficient for him to take the Ziburit, because that is the, 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 the Oraita law. And he does not, the second Braita does not assume the Takanav Ula that a Balchov should always take from the Benonit. We now learn a Tosefta that's somewhat complex, and we have to figure out exactly what case it is talking about. Tenora Banan. Machar le'ehad or l'shlosha b'nei adam ke'ehad kulan nichnesu tachat ha'be'alim b'zeh achar zeh kulan govin min ha'acharon en lo gove mishelefanav en lo gove mishelefanav We're talking about a case of a landowner. We'll call him Mr. Landowner. And he has a lot of problems. He owes three different people money. One of them is someone that he caused damage to. So he owes that person uh, from the best land. He also owes a loan. He has to pay back, which we, he should pay back from medium land that he has. And he also owes his wife a ketubah, which he should pay from ziburit. Okay, now this landowner, um, before he paid anybody back, he uh, sold all of his land. He had all three types of land, and he sold all of them. Now, subcase one, he sold it all to one person. Or, subcase two, he sold it to three different people um, simultaneously. In other words, all on the same day, uh, such that we don't know which one was first. Usually on, a, on documents we put a date, but not necessarily the time. Um, so he sold them all at once. In that case, each of the collectors of money, um, uh, or rather each of the buyers, those three buyers, let's say in the case of three of them, uh, the three buyers are in the place of the owner so that each of the collectors will collect the appropriate land that is for them. So that the Nizak, well, he had a lien on the Edith, so he takes uh, from the Edith, and the Balchov takes from the Benonit, and the woman collecting Yetubak collects from the uh, Ziburit. Okay, that is all case one. We're going to analyze the first, Machar Le'ehad. See, we understand if he sold to three people, but it's all on the same day, and then this happens. But our question is going to be, well, why do you have to tell me if he sold all three, the landowner sold all, all of his property to one person? Isn't that obvious that that would be the same thing? I mean, if for three different people where he actually is selling it at different times during the day, you might have thought, well, maybe you have to look at when they sold it. And uh, no, we learned no. If it's all on the same day, then each one gets the appropriate land. Um, so if I know that, then all the more so if he sells it to, to one person, then that's going to be true as well. So the Gemara is going to ask, what is this machal ehad? Okay, we'll leave that for a minute. Now, the second half of, the, of this Tosefta is, if he sells his land one after another, uh, let's say to three different people. Well, in that case, they all collect from the last sold land. Here's a rule that's going to be very important for all for the, till the rest of the daf, is that if a, a landowner has land and he sells off some of the land, but he still has some of the land with him, then any anyone who comes to collect payment has to take from the land that he currently has. Even if, let's say it's a Nizak that's coming and all he has is Ziburit and he sold off Edith, the Nizak cannot come and say, well, oh, you had uh, Edith land, so I want to go after that. We say, no, you can't do that, where you have to take, take first from what's in, currently in the hands of the landowner. 
even though technically the Nizak should have a right to the Edit, because that, you know, he, he has he had a lien on that Edit, and so he should be able to go after that buyer. The rabbis, however, however made a takana to protect buyers, because we'd rather not not that, uh, not have land repossessed all the time, because then no one's going to ever want to buy land, because they're going to know, oh, if I'm going to buy the land, and then uh, tomorrow it's going to be repossessed. So therefore, the, ra- the rabbi said, listen, as long as the landowner has some land, he has to use that to pay, and sorry, Nizakai, you're only going to get whatever Benonit or Ziburit, whatever is left. Um, you can only go after the buyers if the landowner has nothing left. Now, in the case where he sold, sells one on day one, and then something else on day two, and then something else on day three, well, after day one and day two, what does he have left? Whatever land he has left, that is what they can be paid from. Therefore, since he sold that land on the third day, all of these creditors, all, right, all of these people that are owed money, can only go after the last buyer. Now, if there's not enough land that from the, in that last buyer's property that he bought from the landowner, then the um, the uh, people coming to collect money can come from the, to the one beforehand, because after day one, the that the rest of the land was still in the hands of the landowner. And so they would be able to come for that. So that's uh, that's the lastly last sold. And then if there's still not enough, even in that land, to to uh, satisfy all of the people that need to get paid, then he can go to the first. The people that want to get paid can go to the first buyer, and take it from them as well. That is the end of the um, Tosefta. Now we ask, the very first case mentioned here, if he sold it all to one person, and that in a simple reading, it's talking about he sold it to one person on the same day. It's just, it's just um, expanding. If he sold it to one, or even if he sold it to three, and it's, so he sold it all on the same day, then each one gets the, uh, the appropriate land at their level because it's all on the same day. So there never was a day when he had sold one piece of land, but he still was holding on to another piece of land since they're all sold on the same day. Everybody gets their, their level of Idit, Benonit, and Ziburit. So a simple reading is that Echad is just telling, it's just a, a case it's uh, starting with, and then saying, and even Shilosha, right? And Sarich Lomarzo. But the Gemara is not taking the Mishnah, this Tosefta, in that way. Uh, rather, it's going to say, why do we need to know this case? If that one buyer bought all of them, uh, all the land on the same day, well, then this case is not necessary. If I know that for three different buyers on the same day, where you might have thought, well, one of them maybe was in the morning and one of them this afternoon and the other, the other one was later in the day, uh, so I might have thought that you have to look at the order within the day, and uh, still the, the Tosefta teaches a chidush that, no, we don't say that, they're all on the same day, we don't look at the exact time, and therefore each, uh, a buyer, each buyer stands in the place of the owner, and therefore, just like the owner has to give the three levels to each appropriate collector, so too the buyers have to give the appropriate levels. Um, so if I know that for three different people, all the more so if it's one person that bought it at all at the same time, obviously that one buyer would have to give each person the level that they deserve. So that can't be the case because it would be too obvious. Rather, so we're reading the, the uh, uh, Tosefta in a curious way. We're saying that the Machal Le'echad 
is a case where this one buyer bought part today, part tomorrow, and part the next day. Uh, so, and then that's all one case. And then the, there's three people that bought it at once. And in both of those cases, even for the one person that buys it on three different days, he has to give to each collector the appropriate level which is different from three different people that buy it on three different days where we go to the last guy that bought it has to give up whatever it is first and then the one before and then the one before so it's got to be talking about that because that's the only case where it would be a chidush okay now we have to explain now what is the difference then between one person who buys on three successive days and three people who buy each on three successive days well if it's three people that buy on three different days each one could say um i i when i bought the first guy who buys some land he says well the owner the landowner still has land go take that and the second guy who buys on the second day also says well the landowner still has land go take from that leave me alone right and go to the next buyer and uh, that explains the law in sfa but even one buyer can still say the same thing depending on the order that he bought it in he bought um edit let's say on the first day so he could say listen i when i bought the edit on the first day i left the ziburit and the and the benonit with the landowner go take from that now it happens to be the same guy bought the, let's say, the Benonit on the second day. He says, I left the Ziburit with the landowner, so you can only collect from that. Okay, he bought the Ziburit on the third day, so then, yes, you can take from the Ziburit first, take that first, and then take the second. So it should be the same law that he takes from whatever he bought last, he gives away, then whatever he bought next, he gives away. But if he bought the ED first, then he should be able to keep that as long as possible. What's the difference between the law? Why should it be a distinction between if one person bought it on three days or if three people bought it on three days? Here's the answer. Oh, we're only talking about a case where he bought the edit on the last day. Rav Sheshat also said it's when he bought edit on the last day. Therefore, it's in this buyer's best interest to give each collector according to their level. Because really, each of the collectors would have a right to take uh, whatever was sold last. Right, because that's the law. Whatever whatever was sold last was in the hands of the landowner last, and so they can come and say, right, we want that. Uh, so this buyer, since he's the same person, he bought on all three days. He's like, I don't want to give up all my edit. I'll give my edit to the um, to the nizak. He can take that, and then the creditor who had a loan, let him take from Benonit, and my ex-wife, she can take from Ziburit, and that'll be fine. Whereas if it's three different people, so then they're not interested in protecting each other. In that case, whoever bought last will have to give up everything he bought, and if that what third guy that bought last uh, was Edit, then they'll have to give up all this Edit to no matter who comes to collect. And then the next guy will have to give up everything uh, he has as well. And so now we understand the, 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 the distinction uh, between the first case and the third and the last case in the Mishnah. The first case of a single buyer 
who has on three is on three different days versus three different buyers on three different days. A single buyer who bought on three different days, he can give each according to their level because he owns all of it. And so especially and only when it's the edit on the last day, then he says, okay, you take the edit, but the other guys, no, you take the benonit, you take the ziburit. Now we ask, hold on, if the, by the single buyer bought the edit on the last day, then in fact, everybody should come in to have a claim. They have a rightful claim. They can come in and all say, we want to collect from whatever was in the hands of the landowner last. We have a right to that. And so even his ex-wife will come and say, oh, what, what did he have last? The edit? I want the edit. And she can go and recollect that from the buyer. So why don't they all pay edit? In other words, in fact, make this one guy who, who bought all three similar to the law of the three different buyers that whatever was last, that's what you collect from. And if you're saying edit was last, let them collect from that. And the answer is because the buyer can have this brilliant solution. Well, listen to this. Mishum damar lehu. The buyer can say, listen, if you are all quiet and don't make this claim and take whatever is coming to you, each according to your appropriate level, then you'll take it and you'll be okay. I'll, I'll compromise with you because if you don't, I have a, uh, a weapon up my uh, sleeve. If not, I'll return the lowest quality land to the original landowner. All right, I'll renege on that deal. And then he'll have that in his hands. And you all will only be able to collect from the lowest quality land. You want that? Okay, it's in my power to do that. Since this buyer says it's in my power to have you all collect from Ziburit, you know what? How about we compromise? I'll give the Nizak Edit, I'll give the creditor the um, Benonit, and uh, well, the ex wife, she's going to get Ziburit no matter what. <clears throat> and so be happy with that. Otherwise, you're all going to get the lowest. Good. So since uh, he can say that, that will protect him from giving everybody the edit, and he can give, give each to his each according to his level. Now we ask, Wait a second, in that case, why can't the buyer, this one buyer, tell everyone that? Even the nizak, let him come and say, listen, uh, uh, accept the, the, the ziburit, because after all, I can return the ziburit to the owner, and you'll only be able to collect from that. So why should he have to even pay each one according to the level? Let him have the right to pay everyone the lowest level. So this answer did not work. It must be that we're talking about a case where the original landowner died and so his kids inherited. Now the law is that the inheritors do not, are not themselves obligated to repay a loan. Um, so so the, he can't, the, the uh, borrower can't come after the um, inheritors. He has to go directly to the buyer. And so the shibud, the lien, rests only upon the buyer of the land. And uh, so therefore, right, the, inherit the inheritors, they're like, listen, we're out of it. You know, we, we sold the land, go, go, go to the buyer. 
For that reason, therefore the buyer actually cannot say this brilliant uh, tactic that we mentioned up here. The buyer would not be able to say it because he in fact cannot renege on the deal and return the ziburit if he does return it to the inheritors. That's newly uh, acquired land to the inheritors and the... the um, creditor cannot come and collect it right there's no uh, there's no uh, lien on it because they uh, don't collect from the uh, from the uh, uh, heirs heirs are not responsible to pay for the uh, the loan of their father because the lien is already with the buyer so it's the buyer so the buyer then you know uh, gives it to the, the inheritors they're like thank you you know thank you for the land and they don't have to give it up so the buyer actually cannot make this claim at all and therefore we're back to square one we have to explain how come this uh, this buyer uh, can give each one according to their level and uh, and uh, as opposed to that he has to give whatever he was sold whatever he bought last that he has to give all that up um, and uh, in this case where we said he bought the edit last so then he should have to give up the edit uh, all of the edit and pay everyone with edit so how do we answer that question Ella mishum damar lehu tama mai amor abanan en ifrain menechasim meshubadim makom sheyesh benechorin mishum takanta didi ana behatakanta lanichali another brilliant uh, uh, claim he says what is the reason that the rabbis made this takana in the first place that a collector cannot collect from sold property if the landowner still has free property in, in his possession, they only said that to protect buyers. Me, I'm a buyer. They wanted to protect buyers in general so that land would not be collected all the time. They made this takana so that if a buyer bought, let's say, uh, um, high-quality land, idit, and then some nizak uh, is going to come and say, oh, oh, look, you sold that land, and I'm, I'm, I'm taking it back. He has a, technically has a right to it. But um, then we're going to have to have a lot of re- have a lot of repossessions. So therefore, the rabbi said, "Listen, if, if landowner, if you still have land in your possession, whatever, even if it's a lower level, then that you pay from that, and the nizak only gets the lower level land. We want to protect the buyer. So this buyer says, "Listen, this whole takana is to protect me. I don't want your takana." Right? And he has a right to refuse. This whole thing is only to help him. He says, "Listen, it's not helping me in this case." I, it's okay, I forego this takana, and instead, now if there was a takana was in effect, then he would have to pay whatever he bought last, all, and if he bought the edit last, then all that would, he would have to pay everyone with edit. He says, forget about the takana, I don't want it to apply to me in this case. And therefore, the whatever was last in the hands of the landowner is not necessarily what um, they can claim. Each one goes back to the original Doraita law, which is they can only claim what they have a right to collect. And so this, uh, the ex-wife of the landowner uh, comes to the buyer and said, oh, you're, you're collecting a kitubah? Well, you deserve only a, um, a ziburit, even though that's what I bought first. Hey, I'll pay you ziburit. I'll pay the creditor 
the uh, Benonit, and I'll pay the Nizak, the uh, the the Edit, um, and so he because he's a buyer, he can say all that. Kederava, damarava, kol amer i efshi betakanat chachamim kegonzo shomin lo. And Rava made this rule that any time there is a uh, a rabbinic enactment on for the benefit, a financial benefit of a particular person, a person can say, you know what, I forego this takana. It's supposed to help me, but in this case, it's not helping me. So I don't want the takana. I want to follow the original biblical law. He has a right to do that. Mike Gonzo, Rabbi gave an example like this. What was he talking about when he said like this? He was referring to a wife can say to her husband, uh, don't give me food and I am not working for you. In general, the rabbi has made a takana. Listen, a takana of a ketubah is that the husband has to pay for all the needs of his wife, for her food and shelter and clothing and everything. And in exchange, uh, whatever the wife works and makes, her salary goes to the husband. And then that's a fair a fair trade. So this is a takana that's actually to help wives. Um, but a wife can come and say, you know what? I don't want this takana. For me, it's not a benefit. I have I, I like my job. I like I make a lot of money. I don't want my husband to be uh, responsible for my food. You know what? Keep the food and I'm going to keep my earnings. So this is a takana that was meant to help. And yet, the one who was supposed to be, who was meant, it was meant to help, is permitted to refuse. So to here, this buyer can refuse the takana, and therefore, uh, the last owned land of the landowner is not the one that has uh, has to be collected, and, and therefore, each one can only collect uh, what what is uh, what they deserve. Now, this strategy of refusing the takana will only work if when there's one buyer because he wants to protect his own interest and he doesn't want to give away all the edit that if let's say he bought that last. Um, so, uh, therefore, you can say, forget the takana, everybody can only come and take what you are entitled to. However, when there are three different buyers, then they're not interesting in, interested in protecting each other. In that case, the first two buyers are going to enact their right. Uh, to be protected and they're gonna say listen we bought first and the landowner still had that land go take from his land which the third buyer took the, the buyer that bought on the latest date go take go clean him out first oh if he still there's still uh, money that needs to be owed okay then go to the second guy so in that case they're not gonna all collaborate and uh, and give each one what they deserve rather they're gonna push off the uh, debt to the last guy and uh, only if there's not enough then it'll go back to the, to the second and potentially back to the first all right and so now we're going to complicate this case further and ask um, if this right of refusal of the takana still applies. We're complicating it by adding yet another level of a buyer. We have the original landowner who owes uh, all these people money and uh, he sold the land to buyer number one. But that buyer number one sold land to buyer number two. So let's see how this works. So remember, the case is where you have a landowner that has all types of land and he owes three di different types of people. And he sells land to uh, a buyer all, all uh, on different days. He sells something on one day and something on the second day. On the third day, he sells the edit. And uh, therefore, technically, all the collectors could come and say, well, the last thing that the landowner had with edit was edit. So therefore, give us uh, pay us all with edit and the land and the chidush we just said is that that first buyer 
can say, uh, listen, uh, I forego the right to my takana and forget this uh, thing that the whatever, whatever the landowner has, he has to pay from, right? That was only for my benefit, and therefore I'm paying you each only what you deserve. Good. So that we understand, and that we, that was useful. And now we ask, Pishita machalokher benonit veziburit veshiel idit lefanav now, if this first buyer sold to a second buyer the Benonit and Ziburit, and he kept the Edit only um, in his own hands, buyer one has the Edit, and now these three people, the Nizak, the Balchov, and the ex-wife of the landowner, come to collect, everyone would agree is simply a simple matter of logic that they can all collect from the Edit. Why? Because the takana will apply to the second buyer. The second buyer will say, listen, um, you, who are you collecting from? From the first buyer. Go to him first. He still has land um, in his possession. See, the takana applies to every buyer compared to the one that he bought it from. So even though it applies to the original landowner, but now the original landowner sells, sells everything. He says, go to buyer number one. Buyer number one has Edith in his hands. And he sold the Benonit and Ziburit. So the, um, the others, the, uh, all three collectors come and say, well, we want to collect from what you have in your hand. And the first buyer can say, I forego the Takana because it's not in his right to do that. Buyer number two is protected by the Takana. Go collect from the Edith that's in the hands of buyer number one. Because after all, that was in the last, the last one in possession of the of buyer number one. Buyer number one um, does not have the Benonit and Ziburit in his hands that he could say, uh, go and collect from Benonit, uh, the, uh, the Balchov, and Ziburit to the woman, to the ex-wife, because uh, because I don't care, I don't want the Takanav Chachamim. It was only meant to protect me, and so I don't want. He can't say that because that they're not in his hands. It's in the hands of buyer number two, and the, and the buyer number two says, "I want the Takana because I want to be protected." And go take it from the Edith that was last in the hands of buyer number one. So that's a simple case. Here's the more complicated case. What if buyer number one? He, he he bought from landowner from the landowner he bought the edit last but then he sold the edit first to buyer number 2 and he held on to the benonit and ziburit uh, after that in that case what would be the law can the can he say um, listen well all you have to do, you you know take from the uh, you both take from the benonit and ziburit or can those guys go and collect from the edit because the edit was in the hands of the landowner last and so right they can come and say well the landowner had the edit last so we want that where is it uh, it was bought, it was sold twice I don't care we want to go get it. Um, or once it was sold twice, they can only go after the buyer, and the buyer, the buyer number one, has been edit in ziburit, and so they can't go after the edit. What is the law? Abaye at first uh, thought to say, in fact, they can all go and collect from edit since. The landowner had edit last, so they have a lien on the edit, and they can follow that lien 
to buyer number one and even though buyer number one sold it first to buyer number two they say we still want that they hold on to that lien because that was last in the possession of the landowner that is Abaye's position however Amale Rava, Rava disagrees and he told Abaye the following argument the first buyer sells to the second buyer not only the land but he also sells any rights that he has to the land. And so just like the first buyer has a right to refuse the takana, and by refusing the takana, he could say, you each only collect what you have, what you are, what's appropriate to you. So he sells that right also to the second buyer. And so here's the logic. If the three collectors came to the first buyer, the, uh, the first buyer could tell them, listen, you can each only get what's coming to you and the, the creditor will only get Benonit and the ex-wife will only get Ziburit. Um, and even though the, when, he bought, when he bought the Benonit and Ziburit, the edit was still in the land in the hands of the landowner, and so that was. Uh, and since that was in the hands of the landowner, land, hands of the landowner, they have a right to it. And uh, the collectors have a right to uh, collect from that bnei chorin and don't uh, um, uh, and not a right to go after the the first buyer, um, right, that you don't pay the collectors from sold property as long as you have free property and the landowner had edit last in his hands. So technically, they all should be able to go after the edit that was sold last. Nevertheless, buyer number one can say, the, the whole takana is to benefit buyers. I don't want the takana. Forget about this whole thing that whatever is last in his hands. Right now, I own all the land, and so it's in my rights to say, I'll give you each according to your appropriate level. Buyer number one, we already established, has that right. And Ravaz Chidushes, that right gets transferred over with the sale of the land. The second buyer also has a right to tell the creditor, take medium land, tell the ex-wife, take the lowest land. Because when the second buyer buys the land, it's with the understanding that he's also acquiring all of the rights that the first guy had. And since the first buyer had the right to refuse the takana, so to the second guy has the right to refuse the takana and say, I don't want that protection, and therefore you can't go after the edit, follow the edit wherever it is. I have the right also to say, um, take whatever only the land that is appropriate to you. Ravan now adds a related law. Reuven had lots of different types of land, and he sells all of his land to Shimon. And Shimon sells one of the fields, to one type of field, to Levi. Now in the meantime, Reuven owed someone money, a creditor. That creditor comes to collect his money. Reuven has no land, so he says, sorry, I have no land. Uh, go to the buyers of the land, because you have a lien on it. 
So then, rasa mizegobe, rasa mizegobe, velamaran ela disban benonit. Then that creditor, he can go either to Shimon's land and take from that, or he can even go to Levi's land, because after all, that originally belonged to Reuven, so the creditor had a lien on all of Reuven's land, and now that is in buyer number one and buyer number two, now they have names, Shimon and Levi, so he can collect from anyone that he wants. However, he can only do that if Levi bought Benonit land, because creditors for a loan can only buy Benonit, and so in that case, if uh, Shimon, um, uh, let's say he doesn't, he sold his Benonit to Levi, so he can go after the Benonit of Levi. Or if he wants, he can say, you know what, Shimon, what do you have? Ziburit? All right, I'll take Ziburit. I don't want to bother uh, going after Levi. So it's his choice. He can follow the Benonit even to the second buyer. Aval zevan idit veziburit la tamar le lahachidaike uzvani idit veziburit arad lahaziyalach. But if Levi bought either idit best land or ziburit lowest land, then the creditor cannot go after Levi's land because Levi can say, "I was careful to buy only idit or only ziburit." That is not fit for a creditor. I knew that you had a loan out and that if you collected, you would be able to collect from Benonit. So Levi says, I stayed away from the Benonit. So you go and uh, and collect from the Benonit that Shimon has and leave me alone. And so he has a right to do that. And even if Levi bought Benonit, and oh, where we said above that Reuven, he could go after Shimon, or he can go all the way uh, uh, to Levi, he can only collect from Levi's Benonit land when Levi took all the Benonit land and Shimon doesn't have any similar Benonit land. Because in that case, Levi could not, cannot claim, I left you a Benonit with Shimon, go collect from him. Right, because Shimon doesn't have. However, if Levi bought only some of the Benonit land and he left some Benonit land similar to it, with Shimon, then the creditor cannot go after Levi because Levi can come and can say, "I only bought part of it, but I left part of it with the original creditor, with the with the uh, with the with my buyer, and therefore uh, go not the original creditor, right? With my buyer, therefore go to him and take it, take from there." So that's Rava's uh, additional law. Abaye too adds another related ruling. Reuven sold land to Shimon with a guarantee. A guarantee that Reuven says, listen, if your land should ever be collected from a creditor of mine, I'll pay you back, right? So that you're guaranteed you won't have a loss. You have an insurance policy. Uh, it's like basically like title insurance. Sure enough, Reuven's creditor comes to Reuven. You owe me money. Reuven says, I don't have any. I don't have any land. Go take Shimon's. And he goes and he takes Shimon's land. And now uh, Shimon has a claim to, on Reuven. Reuven has to pay Shimon for the land. Now Reuven has a right to take the creditor to court 
and he can claim, you know, if he has a claim, that he says, well, I paid you already, I didn't owe you, and he can come and make that, make a claim and take him to court. But the creditor cannot say, I, I, I'm not answerable to you, I have no claim against you, my claim is with Shimon, right? He, I, took his, I took his field, if he has a claim, let him come to court. Right, he's the party in the deal. You're not, you're already out of the picture. No, the, the creditor cannot say that. Because Reuven can say, no, since you took the field from Shimon, he's going to come after me and I have to pay him back. So I am party to the deal, therefore I have a legal right to come to court and make a claim that you, sh you were not owed money in the first place. That's one version. And some say that this law is true, that Reuven can take the creditor to court, even if he sold the land to Shimon without a guarantee, in which case Reuven would not have to pay Shimon back. You know, buy, uh, buyer beware, uh, buy at your own risk if it's collected is not my problem. Even in that case, Reuven has a right to take the creditor to court to make a claim because he can say, um, I don't want Shimon to have a grievance against me. Even though legally I don't have to pay him back, Shimon's going to be upset at me forever, right? Because I paid him, I, I, I sold him land. And he paid me for the land. His land was taken away. So Shimon is totally out. Shimon's going to be very upset that, uh, that he lost his land. And I don't want Shimon to have a grudge against me. Therefore, I am party to this deal. And I can take the creditor, uh, you, the creditor, to court and make a claim that you weren't, it was not within your right to collect that field of Shimon. Baruch Adonai Leolam. Amen v'amen.